You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. everybody and it's good to see you everybody's looking great why don't you uh turn to a couple people in your neighborhood not the person next to you because you already said something to them but maybe some behind you give them a little wave say hello good to see you make sure you recognize the people around you there you didn't come to church by yourself right I'd like to invite you uh, to open your Bibles this morning to the gospel called Mark. It's the second gospel. There's Matthew first, and then there's Mark. Uh, about 75% into your Bible is coming somewhere in that area. We're gonna read in chapter three of Mark uh, in just a few minutes. So find your way there. You can find that on page 838. Uh, if you'd like to use the Bibles we provided, they're down in front of you, or if you're on the front row, they're underneath your seat, page 838. I'm just really excited to be able to speak God's word to you this morning. Uh, God's word always hits at the right place and the right time, amen? Uh, but I believe God has a real word for everyone who showed up today. Uh, my name is Kevin. If I haven't met you, I hope to be able to do that sometime later today, along with my wife, Jacinta. Uh, we are lead pastors here, and we're glad that you have uh, shown up today, you made a good decision to be here. I uh, especially would like to welcome our guests that are in the room with us today. We have a lot of guests uh, with us. We have people joining us online. We've got an online crowd that joins us every week. Broad River Church, let's make them feel very welcome. Come on, let them know how happy we are that they're here. We really are. For our guests today and everybody that's joined us, really, um, I'd like to just point out this Connect card that's there in front of you in your chair. Or if you're a guest with us, it would be inside the blue bag um, that you received as you walked in. That card is called a Connect card uh, to do exactly what it says to help us stay connected with you. Um, we're just so aware, especially in today's day, all the stuff going on in all of our lives. And as our church continues to grow, it's really important that we're able to stay connected and you're able to communicate with us the things that are going on. And we want to be able to communicate with you things that are going on in the life of the church, especially next steps. Our church is very big uh, on next steps, and there are some next steps that are suggested there um, on that card. And so take the time as the service is going on to look those next steps over, fill in some information. And even if you don't fill out any other part of the card, please do fill out the section that says uh, prayer request. And we'd love for you to let us know about the things going on in your life so we can join with you in prayer um, on all the things that are happening. As you're leaving today, you can drop this card in a bucket by the back door, which is also uh, where we receive our tithes and our offerings. Today is, um, is also Baptism Sunday. Anybody excited about Baptism Sunday? I know a couple people about it. Absolutely. Listen, let me say this. If you haven't been baptized before, maybe you were baptized very young and you've made a new commitment to follow Jesus, 
you can be baptized today. I'm saying that because we have some people that are registered, but you don't have to be registered to be baptized. Even if you didn't sign up in advance, you can be baptized today. Our team, our team has got everything that you need in place. We have clothes to wear and a dry towel. We also have some water, which comes in handy, right? So listen, let me say this. Believers in Christ have always been baptized, and what they're doing when they're baptized is they're demonstrating the decision that they've made to follow Jesus. So this could be, speaking of next steps, your next step today, and I'm going to give a couple of cues a little bit later, but if you know you're ready uh, to be baptized, you can let an usher know at the back of the room whenever you want to. Um, So it's Baptism Sunday. It's also Small Group Sunday, the sequel. All right, so we had small group Sunday last week. We always do it for two weeks because we have people that were not able to be here last week. And so you still have a great chance to get involved in a small group. So as you're leaving today, check out the great options that are available to you this coming week. We had a very, very awesome first week of small groups. I heard great things happening. 14 different groups to choose from this, this session, which I'm very excited about. Today is the fourth week and maybe the final week of a series called Critiquing the Critic what the words or criticisms of the words of Jesus reveal about us. So when people heard Jesus speak in person, one of the things that happened is they were amazed, of course, but listen, they were also challenged and they were also offended. So, and I think that we, the reason we're doing this series, I think we still are in 2022. Jesus's words are still challenging and they can be offensive to our thinking and our way of doing things. And that's what this series has been about. We saw in week one that, uh, that God has always prioritized showing people how much he loves them over isolated principles. Right, we saw in week two, by watching Jesus work, that, that Jesus always prioritized celebrating the life he made available to us over religious routines. Did you know that Jesus wants you to be able to enjoy your life? God's not a killjoy, some cosmic killjoy trying to bum your whole life out, right? He's, he wants you to enjoy the life he's created, and he prioritizes that over religious routines. Last week, we saw that Jesus always prioritized his mission of saving people over temporary solutions. Aren't you glad that Jesus, uh, that God has eternity in mind, amen? Uh, he's not a quick fix rescuer. He's in it to win it. All right, so let's, let's check out Mark chapter three. We're gonna read there together and see another priority that Jesus has with his people. We have a tradition of standing for a gospel reading. So let's stand and read together. Mark chapter three, verses 22 through 30. And this is what we read. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying he is possessed by Beelzebul and by the prince of demons, he cast out the demons. And he called to them and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatsoever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying he has an unclean spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's something I want you to do as you're sitting down. I want you to find two people and just as emphatically as you can say, I'm anti-darkness. Come on, tell them I'm anti-darkness. 
And you can be seated. God bless you. It's good. Sometimes we don't give people a chance just because of the way that they look. Now, we, we like to say we, we don't judge people by their covers, but we do often. And sometimes it, it seems like those people, the reason they end up getting judged is they just kind of like walk right into the judgment uh, and make us make incorrect assumptions about them. And I, I, I think this is exactly what's up with this guy that you're gonna see on the screen right now. Those who love him call him Severus Snape. I guess everyone calls him that, that's his name, but he's, he's this important character from J.K. Rowling's book and film series, Harry Potter. And some people, they just look like they have a dark secret, right? And, and it's a setup from the beginning with Severus Snape. It's his clothes, it's the shade of his skin, it's his hairstyle, come on, man, right? And, and even, even his actions, this character of Severus Snape is, is set up to appear to be a villain. He appears to be aligned with the dark forces of this really evil Lord Voldemort. How, how many of you know Severus Snape? Okay, most of you know. So, but, but the more you get into this story, and by the way, I'm not going to say spoiler alert. This movie's 15 years old. If you don't know this secret, then it's on you, okay? This is, don't blame me later uh, and come back. But the secret I'm about to share, it's, it's well, well revealed. Eventually it's revealed in the final book, the final movie, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, that Snape, even though he looks evil, is actually a double agent. It, it, it seems like he's working with the Dark Lord Voldemort, but he's actually serving the good guys. He's giving them key information, and he's very subtly but very actively working against Lord Voldemort. So I've been guilty of it, so have you. Sometimes when we see someone and see what they're doing, we don't have the whole picture and we, we hear them and see them saying or doing something and it seems like what they're doing and saying is just wrong. I, I told you when we started today that not everybody, this might come as a surprise to some people here, not everybody was a fan of Jesus. In fact, the, the, the first reaction for many people when they met and saw Jesus wasn't first of all to say, wow, Jesus, you go, you're amazing. A lot of people, their first reaction was to be hostile to him. And that's what's going on in this story that we read today from Mark chapter three. Each week, I've wanted us to see what Jesus was being criticized for. Do you remember week one? Jesus, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. How many of you remember that? Right, Jesus why aren't you week two? Why aren't you fasting? It's a fast day. And instead of fasting, you're out here with, with uh, the, the drinking crowd, having fun and feasting with sinners. What's up with that? Jesus, Judas, Judas said this especially, we saw it last week, stop claiming to be God all the time, right? You know better than that. And today's criticism is significant too. It's right in the first verse that we read, verse 22. People are out here saying about Jesus, he is possessed by Beelzebul and by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. That's the criticism. And listen, there's a whole lot going on here. One reason, leave that up for a second if you would. One reason that some people uh, have a hard time reading the Bible, and by the way, if you have a hard time reading the Bible, you're not alone. A lot of people have a hard time reading the Bible. One reason is that we will often do this thing where we just kind of pop around and we read a favorite verse here, and then we flip over here, and we read another favorite verse, and we flip over, we find another, and we get 
disconnected from the, 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 the overall sense of what's actually happening in the story, what the actual context is. Listen, these are real stories that we read here. They describe real days, real activities, real happenings in Jesus's life. So it's very helpful when we read the Bible, there's some advice on reading the Bible, to read whole chapters and, and you'll get a better sense of, of what's happening. One thing, for instance, you'll see if you start at the chapter, the top of chapter three of what we've got here, you'll notice that something is starting to happen. In the life of Jesus, there is this growing sense uh, with the people in Jesus's life. Now, strangers start to think this about him, but even his friends start to think this about him. They just have this sense that something just isn't quite right with him. This is what happens as you read Mark chapter three. Now, you, you think something about Severus Snape as soon as you see him, right? You see that something's not right about right when you see him, right? Dude, mix some color into your wardrobe, right? Quit with the white makeup, right? With the, the pale skin, whatever it is. But with Jesus, it's not quite so obvious right away. It's more gradual with the people in his life. Check it out on your own time. But at the beginning of chapter three, this ruling class of people called the Herodians, they wanted to destroy him because he was doing work on the Sabbath. We've been there, done that, you remember that. Check out week one online. That's not so hard to believe, but then check out verse 20. We didn't read this. This is right before what we read today. Here's the, here's the scene. Jesus just gets back from being out doing a healing and teaching trip. And look at what happens when he comes home. Look at what happens with his family. He got home, the crowd gathered again. So this crowd's following him back because of the amazing things that happened so that they could not even eat. Look at this next verse. And when his family heard it, who is it that heard it? His family, right? This is his family. What did his family do? They went out to seize him for they were saying he is out of his mind. Who is saying this? His family. Here's some in-house criticism of Jesus. His family is trying to restrain him, giving him some real encouraging words. You're out of your mind. I want you to feel this story today. Right after this, right after his family says that, Jesus, you're out of your mind, we see the scribes. This is what we read in verse 22. These are the religious teachers. They're important. And what are they saying about him? His family's saying, you're out of your mind. What are the teachers saying? Jesus, you are possessed by Beelzebul. Beelzebul is another name for who? Satan, and by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. What is it that's happening here? What are they really saying? I think there's three things that they're saying. And I think that if you were able to not just make a straw man out of these people, say, look at how bad they are. We know Jesus is right. You have to put yourself in their position. I think you could imagine yourself thinking and maybe even saying something like this. They're saying three things. First of all, Jesus, it just doesn't seem like you're thinking clearly. Here's the second thing they say, they're saying. Jesus, it doesn't seem like you're in control of your own actions. And here's the third thing they're saying. It doesn't seem, Jesus, like you're working for God. It seems like you're working for serving yourself. Now, that's what they're saying, but I want you to know why they're saying these things. Now, it's important to know this is not people who hate him. It's not just people who hate him. This is coming from people who don't know him very much at all and from people who know him very well. 
yeah, it's coming from some people who have begun to hate him. It's also this criticism coming from people who really love him. It's coming from people who do not want him to be successful and from people who want him to be successful. Why are they saying these things? Here's why they're saying them. Get this, because as they watch the life of Jesus, they cannot deny, nobody can deny, this is important, nobody can deny what is happening. Something is happening in and around Jesus. Y'all ever read the Bible? By, by the way, just for free, if no one ever criticizes your church that you go to, it might just be because there's nothing going on at your church. As long as I'm doing something for free, I'll do double for free, right? Double, double, double for free. If you're a follower of Christ and you never take any criticism for being a follower of Christ, it just might be there's not much going on with you. A couple of amens, which is more than I thought I'd get. That's good. All right. Up in verse 11 of this, they can't deny something's going on. Up in verse 11 of this same chapter, Jesus is out here casting out demons. He's early in this chapter, healing people who are really sick. We saw it in week one, the beginning of chapter three. He's in the temple on the Sabbath, healing people. And what are they saying? This is not how a respectable law-abiding Jew should be acting. Jesus, you know that. So what they do is this equation that we often do about people. It goes like this. Here's the equation. If, part number one, if Jesus is not acting the way they expect him to act, plus, part two, he's casting out demons, that equals one thing in their mind, he is an agent of Satan. That's the criticism. Bilzebul is another name for Satan. It's also the most fun one to say, by the way, right? It's the most fun one to say. But listen, there's nothing fun about Satan. <laughs> they, 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 when they say this about Jesus, they aren't joking with him like you might joke with your husband when he doesn't, I don't know, take the trash out when he's supposed to or whatever. They're not like, oh, you're acting like the devil right now. No, this is, this is not a joke that's happening. This is a very serious criticism. By the way, don't call your, your husband or wife the devil. It's, it was just a, it was an example. It was an example, okay? Listen, we're gonna be baptizing in just a few minutes today. And, and I wanna say this again. If you're, if you're thinking about making today your day to take this next step, let me just encourage you right now to do it, to do it today. But before we get there, I want you to see how Jesus responds to this criticism. They, they, they might think that he's out of his mind, but when he replies to this criticism, he responds in a very calm and rational way. Way we, we often want to put mystical and mysterious things on Jesus, but we don't give him credit for what Dallas Willard says for being the smartest man to ever live. All right, so he, he's basically responding, I'm an agent of Satan, I'm getting my power from the prince of demons. Verse 23, what does he say? And he called to them and said to them, How can Satan cast out Satan? This is good. How is it possible, Jesus says for Satan to cast out Satan. Now, we, he didn't ask why, but we can assume that question too. You could ask this question, why, Jesus would say, why would Satan be going around casting Satan out of people and helping people get free from Satan's dominion? Well, this is just Jesus doing stone cold logic. 
And he goes on to say something in verse 24, something that's been quoted for 2,000 years ago. Now, very famously, President Lincoln quoted Jesus when he gave a famous speech about slavery in the United States. And verse 24 says this, says basically, he says, y'all aren't making any sense here. What does he say? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot fail. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but is coming to an end. Now, I know we don't read stuff like this very much, so I just want to make it clear what Jesus is saying when he says a house divided against itself won't stand but will fall. Here's, here's what he's saying. Check it. Jesus is saying, if I'm working for Satan, that's like Putin sending Russian forces in to defeat the Russian forces that he sent in. Here's another one that'll hit home for a little bit. This would be like the New York Giants showing up tomorrow night for Monday Night Football in MetLife Stadium for a big showdown against the New York Giants. This is what he's saying. Now, that's not who they're playing. Pray for their opponent, by the way, but that's a whole nother thing, okay? I'm just kidding. Pray for the Giants. They need it. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Somebody said 2-0. and I heard, you, I heard you say 2-0. and I heard you say 2-0. That's all right. The Lord's still working on Mike's heart. It's, it's coming. If Satan is waging war on his own kingdom, then in the end, God's kingdom will triumph because the kingdom of darkness is going to defeat itself. Darkness will devour itself. This is what he's saying. Jesus does not have a cookie cutter response to different criticisms. Sometimes when people criticize him, he just says something like, no, that's not true. Sometimes he, he responds by quoting the word of God. By, by, by the way, we need to learn to mix it up a little bit when we're speaking on behalf of the good news of Jesus. Learn how to mix it up. When someone says something about the Bible or the church, you can't always have your go-to response be like, nah-uh. Now mix it up a little bit, right? Learn something about the scripture so you can respond. But regardless of how he chooses to respond, he's gonna turn this criticism into a moment to teach people about his mission and about God. All that's happened up to this point in these verses are to set us up for verse 27. I believe that all that Jesus has said has been a setup for him to teach us something about God. What's happening here? His family says what? You're out of your mind, Jesus. The scribe says what? You're possessed by the devil. You're working for him too. That's how you got your power. We know how you're healing people. It's because of the devil's power. And Jesus's response is to teach us about God. And by describing Jesus is going to teach us something about God by describing himself. This verse is so important. Verse 27, what does it say? But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Everybody say, binds the strong man. Then indeed, he may plunder the house. Now, I know that not everyone is super familiar with the Bible, so I'm not going to assume you know what's going on here. It's a little bit complicated. In fact, you, you might not even be sure what you think about all of this or about Jesus or about the church. And by the way, if that's you, we are glad that you're here. I want you to know that this is a place that you can belong even before you believe. Amen, everybody. And, and you can get something here too. Even though this is complicated, you can get something here if you understand what's going on. So let me help us all understand this verse. In fact, I have a little slide that's gonna help us here. The strong man here is who? The strong man is Satan. This is who he's talking about. Satan's house, 
Satan's goods, those are the kingdom of darkness. Satan's house is that place where what Satan says goes. Watch this, Satan is in charge of his house. He's in control of that house. Are you with me so far? Come on, if you're with me, say yes. All right, Jesus is the one who enters into the strong man's house. He's the one who has entered into that darkness, into the kingdom, into the house of Satan. That's place where Satan keeps all of his stuff. And Jesus is the one who is powerful enough to tie Satan down and do what he wants with Satan's goods. Did you get that? It's a mouthful. I realize that as I'm saying it, it's a mouthful. And listen, as I say it, I wanna make sure you get it because it feels like something that God's going to do in someone's life here in the, in the next few minutes. So I want you to get this. Satan is the strong man. His house is that place where he's in charge. He wants his children. He wants his sons and daughters to live for him and to serve him. I, I've never felt this any stronger than I do right now, September 25th, 2022. In fact, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes notes. It's going to come on the screen. Write this down in your journal or wherever you're taking notes. Jesus always prioritized setting people free over people thinking the right things about him. God wants to set his children free. Somebody hear this. He wants his children to be able to live for him and to serve him. This is why we're baptized, by the way. What are we doing when we're baptized? All, what we're doing when we're baptized, it's this public demonstration of what's happening on the inside. It reminds me of the song by Beyonce that said, if, if, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it, okay? What, what is baptism? Baptism is putting a ring on it. It's say, I, I love him and I'm gonna let everybody know that I love him by, by, by wearing this ring. If you like it, then you should have put it. Come on, y'all. All right, I got it. Okay, it's okay. That's okay. Oh no, she said. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lauren, the Lord bless you and your children. Amen. He wants this is listen, God wants to set his children free. He wants his children to live for him and to serve. And that's why we're baptized. What are we doing when we're baptized? We're saying we're in agreement with God's plan. We're buying into your way of doing business, the way that you have prioritized things. That's baptism. If you're anything like me, you've got temptations in your life. Anybody got anything temptation-wise going on in your life right now? Don't say amen, just, just, just nod internally. If you're anything like me, sometimes it feels like the world is out to get you. Like nothing's working and nothing's making sense. If you've had a week like me and my family have had, you might just start to feel like it's all too much and there's nothing going the right way and things are hopeless. And I am here this morning to remind you and to remind all of us that we are not facing these things alone. I, I, I'm here to remind you this morning to make sure that you know, maybe for the first time, or maybe just to remind you, Jesus has placed a priority on setting people free and that no matter how powerful the enemy in your life may seem and no matter how dark he has made your world appear, no matter how strong it seems like your adversary is, no matter how big the problem in front of you right now is, there is someone bigger, there is someone stronger, there is someone more powerful 
than your enemy has ever thought about being. Amen. Jesus is stronger than the strong man. He's entered into the strong man's house and he's actively working to set you free. Right now, Jesus is actively working to set you free. You need to hear this to some of you say, I'm not even participating. Even if you're not participating, right now in this moment, Jesus is actively working to set you free. Every time I have the chance, and I could feel it even in the room right now, I have the chance to talk about spiritual warfare and the devil. And we, we don't talk about the devil much. We talk about Jesus 99 days out of the, well, there's more than 100 days in the year, but we talk about Jesus most of the time. But every time I do it, I'll have somebody come up to me afterwards and they're, they're being really careful and they'll just, they'll kind of hint to me something like, you know, pastor, it might just be best to keep the devil's name out of your mouth, right? So what are they saying? Pastor, aren't you, aren't you afraid that you're gonna make the devil mad and he'll come after you? Aren't you afraid of what he'll do to you? If you keep, don't tempt fate, Pastor Kevin. Don't poke a sleeping bear. Don't rile him up. So I wanna be very, very clear this morning. I am not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of what he will do to me. Listen, the devil is not like a sleeping bear. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion who is going around actively. You wanna talk about active, going around actively wandering around trying to find people to destroy. Let me also be clear that I'm not, uh, not afraid because of anything in me. The reason I'm not afraid is because Jesus has waged war against the powers of darkness. This early church leader named Paul, he gave us a clue of how this whole thing went down. It's in Colossians chapter two, verse 15. It says, he disarmed, who is he? Jesus, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities. That sounds pretty good. Did he do anything else? Yes, he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This early church leader had this to say, Jesus, just didn't do battle against darkness. He didn't just defeat them. He put them to shame. The King James Version that I was raised on said that Jesus made a public spectacle of them, publicly shamed him. The difference is between winning a battle and winning a final war. Here, here's why I felt like today was so important for you to get this because if you don't believe in spiritual warfare and all this devil talk is just too much for you and you don't believe in the powers of darkness, then a whole lot of what Jesus had to say when he was here on earth and a whole lot of what Jesus taught is gonna seem like nonsense to you. One of my favorite movies uh, is, is one called The Usual Suspects. And there's a, a line from that movie that kept coming back to me this week as I was reading Mark chapter three. And it's from uh, Roger Verbal Kent. And he said this, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Now, that's not what's going on in this story. Mark chapter three, Jesus wasn't being criticized by people who didn't believe in spiritual darkness. Everybody on every side of this story recognized and believed in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare was a major part of Jesus's ministry. If you take those parts out of the Bible, you're gonna have big holes in your Bible. But 
And I, I think that's kind of where we are more and more in the American church, especially. We've got these huge holes in our Bible where we read these stories and we kind of end up saying something like this, oh, how ancient, how ancient and quaint that is. Right? Believing in the, the power of the devil, believing in the power of Jesus to defeat the devil. It's easy for us to get to a place where we just face the temptations that come at us, maybe even bad health or bad financial situations. We have people in our church this, this week who have, have lost loved ones and, and all of these things that come at us. And we say, well, you know what? That's just how the physical world is. That's, that's how we view it. And that's when we limit our scope, that's how we're going to see it. One, one more time, this... This man named Paul had something to say about viewing life this way. He said in Ephesians chapter six, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's here, that's what we can see. He said, that's not where we're wrestling. But how are we actually doing battle? We're doing battle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly places. What I'm saying here today is going to sound like nonsense if you don't believe in spiritual warfare. All of this devil talk is gonna to be too much for you if you don't believe in the powers of darkness. But listen, if you know that Jesus is all powerful, including being all powerful over all the forces of evil that exist in this world, then you can turn to him when you need him. This criticism here, it reveals a lot about us. And one of the things that it reveals is a reminder that Jesus has all of the power and authority over everything seen and unseen, and that we can go to him in prayer in our time of great need. Anybody glad about that? Amen. I have a question for you this morning. H have you surrendered to Jesus's authority in your life? Have you surrendered to Jesus's authority in your life? He's gonna break in and bind the, the strong man, but have you surrendered to his authority? And the second question is a lot like that one. Will you? Will you surrender to Jesus's authority in your life? Before I pray today, I, I wanna just say that as I start praying, if you wanna be baptized today, you can stand up when I begin praying and just go back toward the back of the room. In fact, those of you that are planning on being baptized today, this would be a good time for you to go and meet up with our team back there. But if you weren't planning on being baptized today, but you wanna be baptized, we have everything that you need. You can stand up and go to the back. They'll have you ready. I just wanna say this. If you have that sense that today is the day, that is an instinct that is coming from God. And, and right now there may be a battle that's going on. This everything in you telling you not to. And I want you to know that that is coming from an enemy that wants to destroy you. Let me say this one more time. There's no need to wait. Come to Jesus today. Make him the ruler and the Lord of your life today. We'll receive you for baptism today. We're ready to receive you right now as we are praying together. Lord Jesus, all of this building, if you just close your eyes with me, bow your heads. Lord Jesus, thank you that you did not leave us wondering. You did not leave us alone. You didn't leave us as some sort of disconnected cosmic creator that puts us in place and then just leaves us scurrying around to fend for ourselves. 
But instead, Jesus, you made the decision to put your love on the line, Lord. You, you did put your love on the line and you came for us. All of us, every single person in this room, while we were still sinning, even right now, as we are in the midst of our sin, even right now, when we would say, I'm not worthy, I'm not doing the right things, I'm not saying the right things, I'm not living the right way, that you would say, this is exactly the right time to come to me. So Lord, I pray on behalf of so many people in this room that as I was talking about being freed in their life, there, there were things that came to their mind immediately. And it was health situations and it was financial situations and it was relational situations. Even with your eyes closed right now, I just want, I want you to put your, your hand on your chest right now and, and, and just bring to mind those things that as I'm speaking about things you're set free from, you know what they are. I want you just to just whisper this over your own heart right now. Just whisper, Jesus set me free. Come on, do this right now. Just, just bring that thing to mind and just say, Jesus set me free. It's in this moment, Lord God, you have set us free from the powers of sin, from the powers of darkness. Lord, you have made a public spectacle of those things that have bound us. Lord, you entered into Satan's house and you have tied him up so that he has no power over us anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that you always prioritize setting people free over people viewing you the right way. You said, even if I take criticism for it, even if I am tortured for it, even if I am brought to my death for it, and that's ultimately what happened, you said, I will do it. I want them to be free. So we bring those needs to you, Lord, seen and unseen health, attacks of all kinds, even the very battle for our souls that's going on here today, Jesus. Thank you for your freedom. I wanna say a prayer over a few people in this room as our eyes remain closed that as I was speaking today, you just have this sense that today is a day for you to make a decision. And maybe it's the first time that you've done it or maybe it'll end up being the first time in a long time for you to have a fresh start. But if that's you today and as maybe as you were driving in or as we were singing, as I was speaking, you would say, you know what? Today's a day for me to put Jesus as a leader and the Lord of my life. I wanna make that decision today. I wanna say a prayer today and I'd love for you to just to repeat these words after me and pray them as your own. And nobody's looking around right now. It's just a moment for, for you to express something to God. If that's you today, I'd love to know who I'm praying with. Would you just lift your hand where you are? Thank you, Jesus. Hands going up all over this room today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your work in our lives, Lord God. Thank you for your work in our lives, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Broad River Church, we have a, just the privilege of being able to pray with those that have their hands raised today. If you raise your hand, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. Now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube, or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.